0: So the biggest measured iceberg that we have found is actually half the height of the Empire State Building, just about 500 feet tall. And some interesting facts about icebergs. Icebergs can weigh as much as 100,000 to 200,000 tons, not pounds, tons. That is heavy. Icebergs that are... Small are actually called bergy bits or growlers. So if you run into somebody at school and you say, hey, have you ever heard of bergie bits or growlers? They might be like, is that a cereal? You can tell them, no, that is a smaller iceberg. And icebergs actually make a fizzing sound as the ice melts under the water and it traps air bubbles in the ice, and so it sounds sort of like what a soda sounds like when you first pour it into a cup. And you probably already know this, but icebergs, 90% of their mass is actually underneath the surface. And see, that's what's interesting, is that the greater part of an iceberg is under the surface, and that's why we're doing this series icebergs because we believe that when it comes to the kingdom of God and when it comes to us as people what is underneath the surface is greater than what is on the outside the external so there was a time in Israel's history when Israel started looking for a king and when they started to search for a king they did what most people would do and that is they looked for a person that had externally proven themselves an influential person. And so they looked for all the things that perhaps the world would look for in a king. Someone that's charisma has charisma. Someone who is is strong. At that time it was important to be strong because kings were warriors. Someone who could fight. Someone who looked good, right? A public figure type person. And so Israel picked a guy named Saul as their king because he checked all of the external boxes for what they were looking for. But unfortunately, Saul checked really no boxes internally and in what God was looking for and a king. This is what 1 Samuel 9-2 says about King Saul. It said, Saul was an impressive young man. There was no one more impressive among the Israelites than him. He stood a head taller than anybody else. You know, a current day comparison to Saul might be like one of your favorite social media influencers or a famous athlete. And again, that isn't to say that those individuals who are public figures, social influencers, athletes, that they aren't great people on the inside. that That's not what I'm saying. But it's easy as a social influencer or an athlete or someone who's famous, a celebrity, to have put on an external persona that is very different than what's going on internally, right? They might appear to have it all together on the outside to be outstanding individuals, but then... When they're by themselves or away from the camera, they're different people. You know, there's been countless stories of celebrities who host shows that are incredibly nice and and loving and their personality rocks when they're on stage. But then the second they get off the stage, they chew out their camera team and their their media team. And they're just mean. And then they're met in public and they they're not cordial and they're not nice. And so you can put on a persona externally externally. That isn't necessarily who you are internally, and God cares more about the internal. And Saul happened to be one of those people that was worried about the external, how he appeared to people. This is important for us because there is a lot of pressure for you, especially as young people, to appear a certain way to your friends. right? There's a lot of pressure when it comes to social media to kind of create an image of yourself that's appealing to others, that's likable. And we even do this, right? We post things in hopes that people will like them or comment on them or will become what we might call trending on a media page or whatever the case may be, or popular in school, whatever the case may be, or considered to be one of the most beautiful people or the most athletic person. And we spend a lot of time worrying about the external, the clothes we wear, our hair, our makeup, our jewelry. For guys, it might be like how great of a basketball shot we have or, or just even, you know, you, some of you guys, you guys got some awesome hair and you're doing some cool things with it and some of you ladies. And, and so if we're not careful, we can make our lives about how we appear externally and really neglect our inside, the internal. And again, what's most important in our lives is below the surface. And so one of the things I want to challenge you with during this series of icebergs is to focus on developing who you are on the inside. That isn't to say you completely neglect the external But it is to say you prioritize your character, your heart, who you are, the way you love, being true to yourself, transparent, not trying to cover up your struggles, but being open and honest about who you are as a person. Because honestly, putting on the mask and trying to appear a certain way externally to please others, it's it's exhausting. Lecrae said it this way, we oftentimes live for people's acceptance, but then we'll die for their rejection. I don't want that to happen to us. I want us to know who we are on the inside and find our worth, our value in who we are on the inside. So as it turned out, Saul was a horrible king. He failed to be a good leader, and he brought Israel to a bad place, historically speaking. And when it came time for Israel to face one of its biggest challenges, one of the biggest obstacles it ever faced, they needed a leader who was not just an externally good-looking, fit-the-part type person, but internally had the courage and had the faith and trust in God to defeat a giant. And that giant was Goliath. And Goliath was... Known for being a valiant warrior. He was ahead above everybody. Uh, that's why he was called a giant. Some uh, Bible scholars say he was nine feet tall. Others say he was seven feet tall. Either way, that's really tall, especially in... That culture in those day and in in that day in those ages that that height would be astronomical and It said that he could pick up a spear with one hand and hold it out like I don't know if you've ever tried to lift an axe by yourself and just just hold it out like almost like it's a A fork or something that you're eating with your plate. That was the strength the capacity that goliath had he was a very successful warrior and It turns out that the Israelites, they were afraid to fight him. And he basically said, listen, send out your best warrior to fight me. And if I beat that warrior, then we, the Philistines, that is the enemy that they were fighting against in this war, we will win. But if you send out somebody and he beats me, Goliath, then you will win and this war will be over. Well, King Saul was king at the time and it would have been... His job as the king to defend his people. So he really should have been out there fighting, but he too was terrified. And it just so happens that after a miserable, miserable failure that Saul had as king, Samuel was asked by God to anoint a new king. Now, Saul was still king, but there was basically this anointing that would say the next king and the king that's going to take Saul's place. Is this person that you pick and when samuel went to find this king he went to the The father jesse there was a father in community named jesse he had lots of sons And he was told basically hey go find the king among jesse's sons and when he went to go find You know the king and anoint them he went down the line of all the sons and he's like He asked jesse he's like do you have another son? and Jesse was like yeah well he's out in the field tending sheep i mean he's, he's just a young boy he's not impressive at all i mean externally he doesn't check any of the boxes that he would need to check to be king and and he's like well bring him and see here's what was interesting about this young boy and that young boy's name if you haven't guessed it was David right king david is that david had spent a lot of time shepherding sheep in the fields, and he was, in essence, preparing his internal. See, when he was out in the fields, he spoke to God. He, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. He had a deep and intimate relationship with God. He worked on his insides, trusting God. And there were instances when he was in the fields where he was protecting sheep, much like a king protects people. And he was so protective of these sheep that a lion approached and tried to kill some of the sheep among him. And he struck that lion dead. And then the same thing happened with a bear. And he struck that bear dead. And the Bible says that the way he was able to do that is because he had confidence and trust In God. He was working on his internal. And so the story goes that when David was asked to carry cheese and bread to the armies that were basically all there waiting to figure out who's going to go fight Goliath, who's going to go fight Goliath. He went there and he heard Goliath mocking the God of Israel and he said, put me in, I'll fight him. I'll fight him. How dare he mock my God? How dare he mock the real God of Israel? And so, David, having worked on his internal, his trust in God, his courage, his courage came from God, he went to King Saul and he said, I'll fight him. And Saul's like, You're just a kid. Are you kidding me? You don't stand a chance. Look at you. You're tiny, you're insignificant. You are not the atypical warrior. You're, you're insane to want to go out there. But David's like, no, I'll fight him. And so Saul agrees. But here's int- here's what's interesting. Saul says, but you don't look like a warrior, so let's dress you as one. And Saul offers David his armor and his sword, all his weaponry. And think about that for a second. David had the chance, the opportunity to appear externally like a warrior, put on the outfit, so to speak, but he said, I don't need any of that. I don't need any of that. All I need is God, my slingshot, and five smooth stones, and I'm going to go take down that giant. See, David had so much internal courage, internal trust, His heart was right before God. He marched onto that field, and Goliath was laughing at him. Ha, 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 look at this pathetic guy. And David was like, I'm going to beat you because God is with me. He's delivered me from the lion. He's delivered me from the bear. He's going to deliver me from you. You're going down. And so he whipped that slingshot out through that stone hit Goliath square in the head, and Goliath fell to the ground. And then he was able to win the victory with a sword after that. After he ran down to Goliath and killed him and beat him. And then Israel was victorious in their battles. But again, this is so significant for us because what it teaches us is this, that the internal trust in God is so much more important than external awesomeness. See, we need more internal trust in our lives than external awesomeness. 1 Timothy 4 8 says this For the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way, since it holds promise not just for the present life, but also for the life to come. So this is really interesting that Paul, when he wrote this, he was writing to a community that literally worshipped sports, if you think about it. I mean, that's what that's what they did. They worshipped sports. They were uh, very, very, you know, in love with the Olympics and, you know, to be an Olympian, to be a valiant warrior they were all about the external. Look at this Olympian. They won. Look at this person. They won. This warrior. Oh, my goodness. Their accomplishments. And Paul says, listen, training your body, it's beneficial. Don't get me wrong. It's good to exercise. It's good to, to seek success in athletics and, and schools and skills. All, of those, all those things that we tell you to do as students. Those are all good things. But listen, those are of limited value. But Godliness, chasing after God is more valuable because it holds promise for the now, but then it also holds promise for eternity. See, take that into consideration when it comes to your goals in sports. You know, Jordan Burroughs, he is a six-time, actually just won his sixth world championship in wrestling this Monday in Oslo, Norway. And he was being interviewed. He's a successful wrestler. But I love following him because he is an advocate for Jesus. He gives Jesus credit for everything. And he said this quote. and I love it. I posted it on Instagram. I think it's incredible. That if God puts you in a position where you are underneath the lights for your talent in a sport or some other talent then shine brighter for Jesus than the lights that are shining down on you. See, there's a guy, Jordan Burroughs, who understands, and he said countless times, that my success in wrestling, it's an important thing to me. It's a goal of mine. It's a personal goal of mine. But more important than that is my identity in Christ. And that is true for you, students. That is true for you, that more important than your accomplishments, more important than your success athletically or in some extracurricular activity, all those things that we see externally success-wise, those things are important, but more important than that is what's happening inside your heart. And that's what God wants you to focus on. See, First Samuel 16, 7, the second half says this, Humans do not see what the Lord sees, for humans see what is visible, But the Lord sees the heart. And so, my encouragement for you during this series, and even as we continue talking in our small groups, is for you to think about the fact that what is on the inside is more important than what's on the outside. Let's focus on the internal, pursuing God with our hearts, loving others. And building our character internally so that our external is a reflection of what's really actually happening on the inside. And we'll have integrity and we'll be better leaders because we trust God and that's where our power, that's where our strength comes from.